You've got mail. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Everything Email Podcast. I am Keisha Stephen Gittens, Content Marketing Manager at Live Intent, and I'm here with Corel Cooper, SVP of the Customer Journey Group. We also have a very special guest this month. We have Nick Dushnik, VP of Marketing here at Live Intent, and one of our avid listeners. Do you listen for fun or do you listen because you have to? I do both. <laughs> I do both. Uh, I do have to listen to it for uh, for quality control. Um, just to make sure that you guys aren't aren't on here, I don't know, talking about things that are not people-based marketing. <laughs> we couldn't have that. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I, I love it. I always learn something when I listen. So uh, a lot of fun. Very excited to be here. Yeah, happy to have you too as well, Nick. And uh, this episode, uh, we're going to focus on our top three most played podcasts throughout the year. We had a lot of great guests on the podcast throughout the year, a lot of really good content and and feedback, good conversations on the podcast. And so what we want to do here is take our top three and kind of go through them and evaluate and talk through some of the tips that we heard. What's interesting about all three is they all sort of center around leveraging email to continue the conversation with your users and your target audience. So really excited to dig into this. I mean, it is obviously a continuous testing and exploration process, and we do have a system in place for A-B testing. And we have a very high number of email variations that are constantly being tested and constantly optimized for. And some of the the, uh, dimensions that we're trying to personalize our brand affinity or the personas, like what are the segments of customers that should inform the prioritization, both of messaging as well as the product sort and so on. Um, And that level of personalization is obviously directly a function of how much we know about our members or how much the member knows about us. So where someone is in the life cycle with Rue enables us to personalize more or less. So for example, our ability to personalize the new member stream, so this is our onboarding email program for the new members, is very different than what we can do for active buyers with a history of browsing and purchasing that really allows us to come up with personalized triggers or exclusive sales based on the history, the intent, the preferences that we know about them. But again, it's a, it's a constant process of testing, exploring that we're trying to work on to improve our personalization efforts. Val brings up uh, a really interesting and important topic that can't be overlooked, and that is the ability to test out different concepts, different messaging, especially around personalization, because as a marketer, right, if you don't do that, especially in email, your content's going to get stale, and there's so much competition out there with respect to messaging the users. And if you lose the ability to stay fresh with your content, you're going to lose those eyeballs. Yes, and it's also a good way to gauge what your audience or subscribers like and their style and in terms of the tune. You know, you can test anything from the call to action, to the subject line, to the creatives, the layout of the message. You can also test specific offers. And I feel like that's what Rule of Law does a lot of. I'm one of their customers. Can I say that? I'm going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely love to browse on Rule of Law, especially during the holiday season. And you can definitely tell that they're in tune with their audience. I mean, don't you guys think it's a little weird, right? That, I mean, not that, look, Rule of Law clearly industry leading, right? 
amazing at what mm-hmm. they do. Really, really good. But still, when you hear her talk about it, what strikes me about this is when you think about just like how far all of this technology has come, and it's still a bunch of set messages. It's still like basing segmentation purely upon like purchase history, and that's how you're inferring intent. And it's still A-B testing. So, so how would you take that to the next level? Well, I mean, uh, commercial. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's technologies out there. I mean, we're one of them, right. obviously. So that's the big one. We're, which that Rula idea. is a client of ours. They are so a client should, of ours, yeah. which is why they were on there. So full disclosure. But, I mean, it, for the point of fairness, there's also things like a movable ink or other things like that that are able to sort of bring an even greater level of intent. So, like, actual, like, website browser behavior, which I know Movable Ink can do, I know we can do, mm-hmm. but then also, you know, one of the things we're able to do is bring, like, a machine learning element to it, right? So, like, that idea of being able to test that, to me, is when you're talking about personalization, it's like, that's true personalization because that's to the person. Gotcha. As opposed to an A-B testing, which, when you look at it from a certain perspective, the whole point of A-B test is segment A gets a little bit Segment B gets a little bit, and then whichever one performs better, everyone else gets that. Right, right, So that's not personalization. That's optimizing to the lowest common denominator, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. what you're – like the greatest amount of performance, which, you know, that's what email marketers should be doing, and that's what you are doing to a certain point. You got to hunger for more, I feel like. Nick, you had a live intentional about personalization, the difference between being too creepy and being cool. Oh, yeah. How yeah, creepy yeah. can you be? Uh, you can be super <laughs> creepy. <laughs> I mean, because you look at anything that you can do in there. So everything from like, oh, my first name is in the subject line. That's kind of nice, you know? And then it's like, how are you uh, enjoying your new bed sheets? That's a little creepy, <laughs> you know? Like, how did you know? I didn't buy them there. But there's different levels of like that you can bring into it. So, you know, it's, it's always as a brand sort of like judging and basing. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of it's common sense, I yeah. think, when you sort of like hit that line where it's like, there's a lot we can do doesn't mean we should do it. Right, right. You know? I think the point is we all agree that testing when it comes to personalization is key to kind of continue doing that. Oh, yeah. But finding new and better mechanisms to go about doing that is also important as well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's sort of where I would go to. It's like, it's not just testing what you're sending. It's yeah. testing the technologies that you're using that, that you're pushing out there because there's so much available. And I mean, it's hard, especially this time of year when you're sending so many emails mm-hmm. and so much revenue mm-hmm. is tied into those emails. And I mean, it's always going to be tied into those emails. It's hard to like bring something new into that area. Yep. But I just feel like you're doing your campaigns a disservice if you don't. So you think testing during the holiday times is a good thing? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm saying it, I know it can be hard and challenging, but it's, it's always going to be hard and challenging. I would suggest like, if we we're going to look at anything, I mean, where we're coming up now, January, there's never going to be like a, a perfect time to do it. But January, right. like after is, the holidays is probably, probably a pretty good yeah, time. Right. I mean, unless you're like Tostitos or something and they've got the Super Bowl <laughs> coming up yeah. or, or what's a famous guacamole brand? I don't even know. Is there like a famous guacamole brand? I don't know. No? no? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I guess it's just <laughs> avocados <laughs> yeah. in general, right? Like yeah. they're, they had a big campaign a while ago for avocados. Oh, yeah. During the Super Bowl. Remember that? I remember. I don't think avocados send emails. No. In some ways, email is more important than ever because we come from an era where 
that whole idea of if you build it, they will come was kind of true, right? Where content was was sort of easy, that there's a lot of topics that were undercovered on the internet. And so you could create a blog or a blog post about something or a, a video series about something and it would succeed because people hadn't done it before. Uh, there just wasn't as much competition. Now that there's overwhelming competition for every topic, the key in content marketing is not necessarily the content itself, but in how you amplify the content, right? The people who are really good at this, not only are good at creating content, but they're good at getting people to know that that content exists. And that's where email is incredibly important and vital. I mean, we use email every single day in my organization to make sure that people know what content we created that day. We use social the same way. It becomes an amplification engine for your content marketing. So that was Jay Bear of Convince and Convert, one of our episodes earlier this year. And he makes a really good point around the importance of email to use as a vehicle to promote content, but also continue the conversation. Today, it's not good enough to just produce content. You also have to promote it. And email is an awesome way to kind of proactively communicate that out to your audience, whether that be internal or externally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were just talking about this uh a little while ago, mm-hmm. right? Destination content is kind of dead. Yeah. You know, like nobody's... No one opens up your browser anymore and types in a URL. Right. right? You're not yeah. going to go like, I'm going to go to www.newyorktimes.com. Right. I mean, a lot of people do, but it's far more inconvenient than when I could just see the most recent New York Times article either in my inbox or when I'm scrolling through Facebook mm-hmm. or you know anything like that. You know, we talk about this all the time is like the great thing about email is that's content you control. You, you can't control Facebook's algorithm. Right. right. What are they doing right now? Like there's this whole thing where they're pushing some publishers to what, like a second feed mm-hmm. at this point. Sure. Gmail tried to do that with the tabs for like a little while ago. But the, even like if you were an avid reader or something and like you wanted to push them to the front, you could do that. Right. So, yeah, it, it's a really smart point. Yeah. I mean, Jay Bear was one of my favorite guests for the year and he really kind of kept it real. But he keeps a really frank conversation about that whole thing about, you know, the audience coming to you and you're really pushing content to them and you have to make sure that that's what they want and that's what they want to receive. Audiences subscribe and opt in to receive your content. So you have to really be sure that you're delivering what they want at the right time and what they really need. Yeah, and another great point, I mean, he doesn't talk about this here, but it just makes me think about the importance of subject lines. Yes, yeah. That's true, yeah. Yeah, you can't get too cute with your subject lines because they're scanning through, and if they have to know that what you're giving them is what they're going to want to be interested in Mm -hmm. or what they're they're listening to. Totally agree. Uh, You know, it's uh, it's hard out there. (laughs) (laughs) I like to focus on trying to address that underlying reason behind lack of engagement. Why are they not engaging with your email? Clearly, you're not meeting their expectations. What are their expectations? And to figure that out, I love progressive profiling, preference center updates, quizzes. You can do all kinds of fun lifestyle quizzes and things. Get them answering questions. And that can give you data that you can use to target them better, to change the kind of content you're giving them, to try to kind of reboot that relationship because what you're doing isn't really working for them. Now, there may be some fundamentally unaddressable disconnect between what they thought they were going to get and what you're prepared to give them, but many times it comes down to sort of relevance, wrong email frequency, or wrong email content. And you're not going to find that out by using a win-back campaign. 
win-back campaigns are typically like really rich offers, big discounts to try to get people to engage and convert. And I see people using that sometimes as part of a re-engagement process. And there's nothing really wrong with that. That will work for some people, people who aren't engaging because they're not seeing a good enough deal that's going to sway those people. But I'd like to go the route of trying to understand that disengaged subscriber better. Trying to get that click, you're trying to get that open, you're trying to, to verify that that person is essentially still listening. Chad White from Litmus, super, super smart guy. I don't know if you guys do, but I follow him on Twitter. Yes. Um, yeah, he's <laughs> always got some really great nuggets. And this is another, like, I love this clip. I love this clip. It's just so smart. It seems like such an, an obvious thing, but it's like, you know, in your day to day, you're running around, you got these campaigns going and you're just like, hey, the people who don't open, don't open. And I, you know, whatever. <laughs> Eventually, I'll just scrub them off of my list and they'll be gone. And then I'll get better open rates because I've just cleared 10,000 people off of my list. I love the idea of sending out like a quiz and really just it never hurts to ask. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just like, mm-hmm. hey, what went wrong? Right. You know, right. Yeah, no, it's a great example of that because, and and what's powerful about that from an email perspective is you know who's opening and who's not, right? So it's different than sort of any other form of communication because you can actually ask someone why they didn't open or why they're not engaging uh, in the content. And it's a perfect opportunity instead of scrubbing a list, it's a perfect opportunity to find out why, like you said, why they're not opening and see if you can turn someone who at some point told you to send them content, gave you permission to send them content, but now is not paying attention to your content. So it's a perfect time to be able to get that person back into the fold of what you're doing and what you're trying to communicate. All right. So let's discuss what's the difference between the re-engagement campaign and the win-back campaign. So he's saying that re-engagement is you're trying to get that relationship going again Mm -hmm. with with your subscriber, with your customer. Mm -hmm. And then the win-back campaign is what? What's the big differentiation there? If you think about it like any other relationship, right? It's like trying to fix the problem through communication versus trying to fix the problem by buying them something. Mm -hmm. And it depends, like sometimes buying them something is going to be okay. But if you got somebody who's like really distant for a long time, (laughs) that's not necessarily going to work. Right, right. Right. That's a short term fix. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be super effective and it is super effective. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I mean, but you, my wife has to buy me stuff all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm constantly. I'm the other way around. I have to buy my wife stuff all the time. (laughs) So what, this is what, email therapy, re-engagement is like email therapy. Are we sending them a lot of communications here? Are we asking for their feedback? We want the feedback. I mean, it's about open communication, Mm -hmm. You know, it's about healthy communication. If you can win back somebody like a subscriber that's really interested and like actually cares about your content, but you don't know. I mean, maybe at the time that you send, they're in the car every day, you know, driving to work. Mm -hmm. And if they are a responsible person, they're not checking their email (laughs) at that time. So maybe they'd be like, you know, I would read this, but you have to send it to me at nine o'clock at night right before I go to bed. Right. (laughs) And talking about surveys. We actually are going to do the same. We're going to be sending out a survey very soon to you guys who you're listening out there in listening land. And we're going to send you guys a survey. We're actually rebranding the Everything Email Podcast. And we're very excited. You know, new year, new me, new podcast. So we're going to take a little bit of a break to evaluate how we can better serve your listening needs. So we're really excited to get your feedback in terms of, of what you like, what you dislike, or what you think we can improve upon. 
So look out for that email from us with the survey. We are very appreciative and we thank you in advance for filling out that wonderful survey of ours. It's the end of the year, as we said. We want to wish you guys a happy new year, happy holidays. Thank you for listening. And that wraps up the end of our podcast.